What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back on the video. Time to take a look at my favorite underdog picks for week two. Had a little bit of a rough week one, eight and 11 overall, but we are three and oh after the Thursday night game. So hopefully we can keep that going on Sunday. So let's hop right into things with pick number one, Jahan Dotson, higher than 42 and a half receiving yards. Uh, results weren't amazing for Dotson in week one, but he still played really well on uh, Howell actually missed him when he was wide open for an easy touchdown pretty early in the game. Uh, Dotson matchup this week, it's not going to look great because at Broncos, you're just going to be like, wow, that's terrible. Um, looks very, very scary, but actually grades out as a slightly positive matchup for wide receivers. They got absolutely cooked by Jacoby Myers last week. Dotson also played 59% of his snaps from the slot in week one, which helped him earn a 24% target share. That was more than Terry McLaurin. Uh, running routes out of the slot is the best way to attack Denver. Denver, like I said, slightly positive match for wide receivers overall, but they're strongest on the outside. And so given that we just know historically, whenever you throw a wide receiver into the slot, uh, they're going to be more efficient. Like alpha wide receivers good wide receivers, you move them inside, they're just going to be better. It's just how it works when you're able to just create mismatches. And so Dotson's going to have a lot of his slot snaps from the slot in a good area to attack this defense. Um, I just think the spot's better than people think. He's a better player than people think. And so given last week wasn't even that good of a game, still almost went higher than this line, 42 and a half yards we're taking higher on that one. Next up, we have James Cook, higher than 50 and a half receiving yards. It seems like people are off Cook after his role in week one, but it really wasn't that bad. He earned 12 carries compared to two for Latavius Murray, only one for Damian Harris. He also had six targets compared to two for each of them, respectively. But getting those 12 carries against the Jets is like pretty soft. Like, what did we think? He was going to go out there and have 20 carries against the Jets. And while he was inefficient, again, it's the Jets. We were not expecting him to go out there and have, you know, 20 carries for 120 yards against the Jets. That's just not going to happen. We know that Cook is an efficient runner. He's going to have a much easier time this week at home against a Raiders defense that ranks as the seventh best matchup for opposing running backs. Cook should only need, given his like historical efficiency, around 10 to 12 carries to go higher than 50 and a half rushing yards. And given that he had 12 carries, again, against the Jets, I'm thinking he can do that this week because not only is the matchup easier, they're nine point, anywhere from like eight and a half to nine and a half point home favorites. So the game script should be really good, and we're not expecting them to all of a sudden overload Latavius Murray and Damian Harris with carries. When they get up, they should continue giving the ball to James Cook. I think we take the higher on his 15.5 rushing yards. After that, a first. We're going to take higher on Najee Harris. Never do it. I think this might be the first time we've taken over on his rushing. Higher than 49.5 rushing yards. The line is just a little bit too low given the change we're going to see from last week into this week. Obviously, last week was just brutal for the team. They got down instantly. It was like no one else had points, basically, and all of a sudden, they're already down 14 to nothing when you're watching the games on Red Zone. Uh, Deontay Johnson is not expected to play this week. 
That should force the Steelers into a more run-heavy game plan. I mean, when you take Deontay out, yes, they still have playmakers. George Pickens is awesome. Um, Allen Robinson will be fine. They'll use Calvin Austin. Like, Pat Fryermuth will be, you know, have an increased target share. They'll throw to the running back. So it's not that they're not going to throw it. It's just when you, like, remove their number one target and their best wide receiver, of course they're going to lean more run heavy you also then look at the match and you say okay well the browns are the most difficult matchup for opposing wide receivers and they're the eighth easiest for running backs we know that pittsburgh's at home they historically play much better at home and you look at last week and you're like okay the game script got way out of hand again they got up super super quickly the 49ers over the steelers uh they ultimately won by 23 points but you know they were ahead instantly. They stayed ahead the entire game. It was never a neutral game script for Pittsburgh. And that forced them to throw the ball 46 times compared to nine running back carries. That sort of split is not going to happen again. I have Najee projected for around 15, 16 carries this week. So unless he's incredibly inefficient, he should be able to go higher on four, nine and a half rushing yards north of 50% of the time. So take the higher. Fourth pick this week is Christian McCaffrey, higher than 65 and a half rushing yards. He had 22 carries last week compared to five for Mitchell, zero for all of the running backs. He had Debo mix in for, I believe it was two carries, but he dominated the carry split. And when you look at the game, the one we just talked about, again, they won 30 to seven, and it was a 27 to seven game through three quarters. So if there was ever a time for McCaffrey to not get all of these touches and to give a little bit to the backups, it would have been last week when they were clearly going to win very early in the game. But when you're up 20 with ball in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to win the game, right? Even with that lead, you look at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He took the first five carries. He was involved in six of the first seven plays. Again, up 20 in the fourth quarter. So this week, they're technically on the road, but it's effectively a home game. I think it's like 60% of fans, I think maybe 65% of fans, are projected to be 49ers fans because, you know, LA has a smaller fan base, we'll say. Um, so they're basically touchdown favorites at home. Uh, it's going to be a positive script again. But again, even if they're up by 20 in the fourth quarter, last week that's the case, and they were still giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey. 65 and a half rushing yards, pretty low total. Take the higher on that one. Our last pick, before we go over the 21, the game we're attacking, is Elijah Moore, higher than 36 and a half receiving yards. He had a really strong first game if you look at like the metrics, right? The game didn't take off because it was downpouring. Uh, they couldn't do anything. Like the Bengals couldn't do anything. So no, they weren't pushing the Browns on offense. And so they didn't need to be um, very aggressive. And so they just didn't need to use Elijah Moore time. But he had a good 24% target share last week. He ran a route on 80% of snaps or 80% of like dropbacks. And so those are two really strong numbers in games where they're actually forced to throw it in games where it's not pouring out. He's going to have better stat lines than he had last week. Um, the Browns also had, uh, they have at least this week, a pretty tough matchup against the Steelers. Though, to be fair, that's what we said last week, right, when we were talking about the 49ers receivers, and although we'll get into our caveat in a second. We said, yeah, it's, it's a difficult matchup, so it's not a great spot. But then we watched the game, and Brandon Ayuk is just shredding the corners for the Steelers. So even when we have tough, tough matchups, like good players can still produce in those spots. But what we also talked about in that game was how the Steelers are great 
at run defense. They're great at getting after the quarterback, but they will allow yards after the catch. And so if you can get the pass off, you're going to be efficient through the air. And then we saw the 49ers be highly efficient through the air. Well, that's, you know, Elijah Moore's specialty. Get him the ball quickly. Get him the ball with the ability to create yak. And I think they're going to do that. And again, it's 36 and a half yards. He doesn't need that many receptions to go higher than that. I think we take the higher on that this week. Uh, all right, let's go over to 21. This week, we are stacking up the Colts at Texans game. Unfortunately, as of recording this on Friday, uh, Underdog has not yet posted a lot of lines from this game. I think because of some injury situations they're looking at, but you know, they're going to post something on Saturday, on Sunday morning. So I want to talk about the game and then we'll see what those lines are. Um, but I want to attack this game because we talked in the offseason about the Colts potentially playing faster this season. We didn't know if it would happen, but there were a lot of rumblings that it could. And that is exactly what played out in week one. They averaged the third most seconds on the play clock when the clock was running. So when we have a running clock, they had around like 15 seconds when they snapped the ball. We look at teams like the Packers, teams like basically the Jets now aren't going to be that case, but teams that had Aaron Rodgers on it, when they want to diagnose the defense, they want to sit there and look at everything and then snap it with two seconds on the clock. Well, that's going to lead to fewer plays because they're just sitting there not playing football for a long time. Colts got to the line, they snapped the ball. They were also second in no huddle rate, first in situation neutral play, pace of play. They're going to play fast. This season end up running the ninth most overall plays, but it could have been even higher than that. The Texans, I was not expecting to play super fast, but they kind of did because they were way more pass heavy than we had expected. And we know that, you know, throwing the ball is going to lead to more plays, right? Because there's more incompletions, incompletions stop the clock, carries. Well, the plays, no matter what happens, whether it's stuffed or whether they, you know, gain 10 yards, the clock is running after the play. So teams that go more run heavy, run fewer plays, pass heavy, more plays. Uh, and so they went way more pass heavy when the game was close in week one. It resulted in the Texans running the fourth most plays. So we have two very young teams that are trying to develop their players. That's very important. They're going to get their young players in the field. They want to get their young players snaps. Both these teams know, you know, they're probably not winning the Super Bowl this season. So it's more of a focus. Get the young players snaps and just, you know, try and get them developed, right? But these two teams are playing fast. And so we could see a lot of plays in this game. We also know the game is in a dome. There's no weather concerns. Dome games also concern to track meets at times. And so this is a spot where both sides could play like, they could run like 70 plus plays each, maybe in the low 70s. And that's going to really help the floor out of everyone. Everyone's going to see a higher floor for targets. The spread is also like one to two points, depending where you look. And so things should remain close, preventing one side from, you know, getting up by 20 points, running the ball a lot, playing slower, limiting the plays overall. Personally, I want to use Zach Moss, Nico Collins, Nathaniel or Tank Dell, whatever they listed as, and then Josh Downs. Moss, should get the start this week. We talked about him in the waiver wire video, in the rankings video. I think he's a really good player. I think that, you know, when he's healthy, he's easily their number one running back. He can handle an early down workload. Obviously, number one when Jonathan Taylor's not out there. Um, and the matchup is really, really good. You would prefer to run the ball against the Texans than you would to throw it. Nico, he was ranked third in air yards last week. He commanded 11 targets. His targets were coming deep downfield. That's where the air yards come into play. Uh, underdog only has him at 45 and a half receiving yards. Won't take many receptions for him to go higher 
on that. Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell, again, whatever they listed as. Uh, he only played 48% of the snaps in week one, but Noah Brown is now out. They have talked about how this week they're going to get him more involved, get him more looks. He was electric in the preseason. He's a player they obviously want to develop. Again, that's a good thing. When you have these teams that know they're not winning the Super Bowl, they want to develop their players. There's no reason to keep Tank Dell on the sidelines. I think he'll be out there more this week. And then Downs, same thing on the other side. They want to develop him. He already won the slot job though. I mean, he played 79% of the snaps in week one. Whenever they went to 11 personnel, he was on the field. Uh, turns that into only Three receptions for 30 yards, but he had seven targets. He was used heavily early on. I think he's someone they want to get more and more involved as the season goes along. And so while uh, three of these players do not have lines out yet for underdogs, so I can't really know if we're guaranteed to take them, my projections at least are 60 rushing yards right now for Moss, but I might adjust that a little bit higher because it is looking like beat reporters are saying it's definitely him in early downs. Right now I have somewhat of a split, but it could be higher than 16. I don't think his line is going to be any more than 50 this week. I have 66 for Nico, so again, the line's 45 and a half, definitely higher on that one. I have 41 for Tank Dell, 40 for Downs. Could see moving those up just a little bit. I'll kind of play around with things. But I kind of expect both of their lines to be around 35 to 40. And so as long as it's in that general range, I group all those four players together into one slip. And we'll do 10 to 1 on that. Or if you liked one of the other ones I talked about, then you can add that in. So if you like the Elijah Moore one, the McCaffrey one, any of those we talked about before, add that. Make it a 20 to 1. You could also add in. They have that like Tua prop. Um, I have the Tua prop projected for under 277 and a half receiving or passing yards, obviously for Tua, definitely under in the receiving, but under 277 and a half passing yards. If you want to add that in there as well, that's totally fine. But those are the only four in this game. I looked at all the other ones for this spot and I didn't love it. So those are the four players I'd stick with. Uh, you can also check on my website if you like these picks, but you want even more. I have 25 listed this week. I think it was only around like 15 last week. There's 25 I like this week. Again, we're 3-0 after the Thursday game, but we're hoping to go really, really good this week, make up for slightly negative last week. So if you're interested, take a look at that, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. Also, you can see that for free. So if you want to see those for free, uh, then all you have to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA. That's it. Make a minimum $10 deposit, and now they'll double that deposit. They'll give you a free special this week, and then they'll also give you access to the table that I have, my 25 favorite pickums. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, have a hang on the like button, and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.